0: The following is a presentation of the Eastern Michigan Sports Network from Learfield, straight from the 734. It's the Eastern Insider Podcast, presented by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Your chance to get in on the action. Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all, Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell.
1: One week of the tournament in the books, and like most people, Alex Jewell, are your brackets fully busted?
0: They're not as bad as uh, some people's. I've heard uh, a few of my friends have some pretty terrible brackets. Probably should never fill one out again, if you're asking me. But uh, there's certainly some been some road bumps in mind, Greg. I don't think any of us had St. Peter's. The Peacocks from Jersey City getting it done, getting all the way to the Sweet 16. But I think like many of us, if you're me, I once the brackets are busted after the first day or two, it's okay for me. I like getting into... The upsets of March Madness. I like the pageantry and seeing fan bases from all around the country. Be so excited. I will tell you, one thing I know we agree on is when you watch someone like a St. Peter's make a run. When you watch an Akron take UCLA down to the wire, I think they should have won that game. When you continue to see some of those teams that aren't necessarily the perennial powerhouses get a chance to perform in the NCAA tournament, it just makes you so much more excited for hoping that Eastern Michigan will get back there. One day. And next year, it would be quite the year, Greg, because it'll be 25 years since EMU's last appearance. Yeah,
1: you and I te- were texting over the weekend and both said, just once, we'd like to be pulling that upset. And there were plenty of upsets, both on the men's side as well as the women's side. As Of course, you also saw a team like uh, South Dakota enter themselves into the bracket-busting mix. But if you have your WNIT bracket in full stack, you have the big matchup, of Trisha Collip taking on Todd Starkey's crew that did not even make the MAC tournament in the second round of the WNIT.
0: You know, the mac has been really competitive on the national stage for uh, really a good while, Greg. We've seen it in football, but really in basketball. So I just mentioned Akron on the men's side. They did a nice job, really fought against the UCLA team that many think have a path to the Final Four. Just a few years back, we saw Toledo, uh, or excuse me, we saw Central Michigan and Buffalo on the women's side get to the Sweet 16 this year. We see five MAC teams in the WNIT. Buffalo, of course, in the NCAA tournament, and uh, so to see those two match up tonight, what a testament it is to the league and how good it is to see. You just said it. How how rare is it that somebody doesn't make their own conference tournament, but they get into the WNIT? That's what Kent State did this year. So lots of MAC. Action! If you uh, are still interested in watching some of that around, I guess I could shorten it to Maction. But uh, again, just another another motivation if you're Eastern Michigan.
1: Another motivation, another champion crown this week here at the George Gervin Game Above Center, as it was Central Michigan taking home the 2022 MAC Women's Gymnastics Championship. Eagles put up a very nice score in the 195, but it was not enough to get the chips. Who put up a 196? For their program, NIU finished second, Western Michigan third. So that was a fun event to have here. Ella Chamati were able to take home MAC Freshman of the Year honors as well as winning an event title in her own floor. It was really cool to see. I mean, I,
0: I, to be fair, have not been around gymnastics my whole life. So to get up close and personal and watch the athleticism that's on display and to see it from seven different teams here the other day. But really, Greg, it just shows you, too, on top of the gymnastics as a whole, what a great! It reminds you what a great venue we have here at the George Griffin Game Above Center. The events that we're able to hold, how accommodating it is. I know we heard from a lot of fans from different teams that it was a great place to be. So, uh, already miss seeing our fans in here for home events. It's it's been a a long year, and unfortunately, the seasons are over for basketball. But uh, we'll look forward to seeing everybody back inside the G3 next year.
1: Who needs to worry about being inside? We go outside for the first time tomorrow. EMU baseball will take to the friendly confines of O Strike Stadium as they will take on the Golden Grizzlies of Oakland University. Tomorrow, a 3 p.m. first pitch from the big ballpark on Hewitt Road. It'll be a fun one because the Eagles have won two of their last, or excuse me, three of their last five games and come home after a series win against Butler from the Big East.
0: Let's pause real quick because it's a good time to remind you that as baseball starts playing at home, you can catch most of our games. You can watch and listen on Eagle All Access. Greg and I will be back this year. So if this podcast is not enough for you once a week hearing from us, there'll be some weeks coming up where you get to hear from us five or six times in a week. This weekend's games not on air. We're still getting that prepped and ready to go. you got to run a
1: lot of cabling before we're ready to go. A lot of cable
0: yet to run. If you're uh, listening, Mr. and Mrs. Hopkins, the cheese plates last year were wonderful. We'll continue to Happily enjoy those if you want on the air. But uh, you said it, Greg. Baseball playing really good right now. Really good brand of baseball. Um, not the results early on in terms of the wins and loss column, but a lot of really good improvements at Butler this week. So it makes me excited to see them against an Oakland team who has been much improved as well this year. So a really good test in the midweek. We'll get to see some young pitching, some pitching that hasn't gotten on the bump quite as much early this year. And then uh, Mac play. On Friday beginning then, uh, we've already seen one Mac series against Ball State, one and three against the Cardinals Eastern Michigan went, so Akron a good chance to bump back into that Mac uh, championship race. And it's crazy to say because it's so early, but remember, only the top four teams are going to get a postseason chance in the conference. So every one of these early season games absolutely matters.
1: As you stare at your schedule poster, you're probably saying, No, those guys are wrong. It's supposed to be Concordia. Well, you are right. As of uh, this morning, when we first woke up, it was the Concordia Cardinals. uh, But the change coming, they were not able to meet COVID protocols that the MAC requires and Eastern Michigan requires. uh, So the Cardinals have been switched out. That also... Dictated by a change in Oakland's schedule, as they were supposed to play Bowling Green, but not able to play them on consecutive days. So it works out for all after we didn't see Oakland last year on the schedule, getting that rivalry renewed once more.
0: It'll be great to see them. It's always great for uh, Eastern Michigan. I think the fans and really the the Southeast Michigan community, when we get to bring in a team like Oakland or other sports play in Detroit, Bring people around from the community. It's always uh, great, Greg. And uh, if baseball is not your cup of tea, there's plenty going on this week as well. Remember, though, that all the games at O-Strike Stadium, free to come into, free attendance. And uh, we're always barking the park day. Dogs always allowed. But, Greg, I know there's a lot in store this week for EMU Athletics. Yeah,
1: you look at track, they will be on the road. They're down in the triad of North Carolina. They're at NC State for the Raleigh Relays. Tennis will be in Kalamazoo on Friday as they take on Western Michigan. We already told you about first pitch against Akron coming up at 3 p.m. on Friday. Then you see women's track. They'll take on some student athletes down in Coral Gables at the Hurricane Collegiate Invitational. And men's golf back in action as they are co-hosting in Gulf Shores, Alabama with South Florida They'll be at the Kraft Farms Intercollegiate and then Bowling Green and Lords the opponent for women's tennis this week before women's golf also will heat it up coming in next week as well. So a full jam-packed slate, not to mention uh, looking ahead, the Eagles will be home baseball-wise for the next nine contests. So plenty of reasons to get out to the stadium to see and hear all the excitement.
0: Plenty of reasons, Greg. I think that uh, you and I have spewed enough propaganda in this opening segment, so now it's time to get to the meat and the potatoes of the episode. Remember, we're the only show that uh, takes you inside and gives you real information every week, so we're happy to do that with our guest today, Eric Roof. We just talked about baseball, his team coming off a hot start at Butler this past weekend, trying to carry it over to O-Strike Stadium this week. So we'll take a quick time out On the other side of this, Eric Roof, he talks the season so far. He talks the look ahead to the home slate And he talks everything you need to know about baseball as we head in to O-Strike Stadium this week. So we hope to see you out. Until then, continue to click, listen, watch, play, and support Eastern Michigan Athletics. You're listening to the Eastern Insider Podcast. For 82 years, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan has been and continues to be committed to families all across Michigan. By providing access to care however, wherever, and whenever they need it, Blue Cross is here for it all and always will be. Back home from a busy weekend at Butler and a good weekend at Butler is head baseball coach Eric Roof. His team took two out of three from the Bulldogs this weekend. Coach, a nice opportunity for you guys to now come back home tomorrow and open up at O-Strike Stadium against Oakland University. If someone was looking at the schedule as early as this morning, they may have seen Concordia some things have changed. Now you bring in a Division One opponent, and I know you're excited to open things back up at Ostrich Stadium.
2: Yeah, absolutely. First off, really proud of our guys' effort this past weekend against Butler. Um, it was good for us to get the games in. I know we had some weather issues over there, but we were able to get some games in, um, and we played well. We were able to take two out of three. We were able to win the series and looking to continue that momentum, now playing our first home game. You know, If you look at it, this is our, going on our 17th game. We played the first 16 games on the road. Um, it's always nice to come back home, um, sleep in your own bed, play at your own facilities, be out at o and we're looking forward to build that momentum um, into tomorrow.
0: I want to talk to you a little bit about the, the Butler series. We'll talk about some of the season that's been before we get in to this new home slate. But one thing I want to ask is actually at the, at the back end of the Butler series, yesterday you guys closed out that series with a 7-0 shutout victory, your second shutout of the season. And Thomas House, your senior right-hander that started the game, One of the most interesting stat lines you'll see, five innings pitched, he was nearly perfect in terms of only gave up one hit, did not give up a run for the first time this season. Six walks, though, which you rarely see. If you say six walks and he hit two batters, usually you're thinking you might be in a rough spot in that game. But House was really dominant when he was dialed in, and I think with the walk numbers, obviously you want to bring those down. But talk about for those of us that weren't able to see the pitches happening – It says a lot about what your senior is able to do to battle out of some jam situations.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You go five innings, six walks. That's not how you draw it up by any means, but it was a gritty performance, and I think that's what you're seeing out of Thomas House. You know, Thomas House missed all of last year with with Tommy John, and then you had the COVID year of 2020, so he's still trying to get his legs underneath him. So every time he goes out there, he's taking another step forward, another step forward. I know he hasn't given us some depth early on until um, yesterday, and we talked about it here in the office, and we just said, hey. Your stuff is is good enough. Just kind of trust your stuff. And every time he goes out there, he gets a little bit more and more comfortable. Um, it's funny. We got a couple of the, uh, the siblings on the team. You know, you got the House brothers. We had the Jones brothers last year. Trevor and Thomas are almost identical. We're Trevor. Nothing really fazes them. Thomas gets a little bit worked up, you know, and he starts to, to breathe a little bit heavy. And uh, just told him, hey, man, you've got good stuff. Um, you've worked hard. Just go out there and relax a little bit. But it shows you Thomas's effort and the defensive effort when guys were on base. He made pitches. He stepped up and made pitches. Um, when you get runners in scoring position and you got guys on base, they're high leverage. You know, they hit into a double play one time. You make some big pitches. You get a strikeout here. Um, I thought we played well defensively all weekend, and um, that's something that I think we've been doing for the whole year. We just haven't had the results that we've been wanting to see. Overall, but we've been playing pretty solid baseball. There's some stuff we need to clean up on the mound. We need to reduce this with the walks. But it was good to finally get a taste of some success so we can build off that for not only tomorrow against Oakland and then going into our, our first home weekend um, against Akron this weekend. As you uh, have
1: made your pilgrimage back north, you start the year in South Carolina, then you've worked your way to Tennessee and Kentucky and last two series in, Indiana, in the state of Indiana. Uh, you had a guest that was able to come watch you over the weekend, and President Smith and, and Connie Rule Smith able to be there. When it you see the president able to come to your a road game before they even get a home game, it's also a good morale pick-me-up, isn't it?
2: A very good morale pick-up. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really cool to be at a university where the president cares so much about athletics and baseball. I mean, he is a huge baseball fan. Him and his wife, Connie, are huge baseball fans diehard Cincinnati Reds fans. They love the minor league baseball, so we can talk for hours and hours, but it's really cool with the the amount of schedule and work that's on his plate to find some time to not only come over there to watch us play, watch us play a couple games. He did it as well last year. Um, he actually, ironically, stayed at the same hotel as we, so when we came back from the game and, and arrived with the bus, they were all cheering, and we talked the game for, for 20 or 25 minutes. But it's just cool to be able to bounce bounce off uh, the game and um, what we did there. So it was, it was exciting for him to be there, and then it was cool for us to, to obviously play well
0: in front of him as well. Anybody that's looked at the lineup this year sees a lot of familiar faces of guys that are able to hit the baseball. We've talked all offseason and going into this season about how you thought that would certainly be one of the strengths of this team. Uh, Power hitting-wise, you guys have hit the cover off the ball so far early this season. Uh, A home run per game average that's up-pacing near the all-time program record. I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. I know we have a lot of baseball left. But from the offensive perspective, I know it must be good, especially for a young and somewhat inexperienced pitching staff on some levels, to know that you guys are going out and putting up 6, 7, 12. We saw 15 against Butler able to do that offensively.
2: Yeah, if you kind of look at us from a position player standpoint, we're very, very deep. I mean, we got a couple guys out right now that are injured, but we're really deep. There's some guys sitting on that bench that deserve some of that bats too, and that's why it's important to come out here and play some midweek games. But I think it kind of starts with um, the recruiting process, finding the right guys that we need. The right fit. we got a couple guys in the transfer portal that have done a really good job for us. And Brady Hubie and, and um, Matt Kirk that have kind of just been a plug-and-play type of style. Uh, it's not really our offensive approach to just sit back and play for the three-run home run. But it's nice when you have that as a weapon. Because you're always one, one swing away from kind of tying that game up or taking the lead. So I'm really proud with the guys offensively. I still want to continue to manufacture runs. Even though we do have some power, I don't want to, again, O-Strike plays a little bit big. You're going to be playing in some conditions you know, tomorrow and this weekend where it's going to be a little bit more chilly, a little bit colder. Maybe the ball won't fly as much. And I think that's what makes our offense go. Um, if you look at that, the weekend when we scored the 15 runs, it kind of kick-started with a couple hit-and-runs. A couple hit-and-runs with Eli Gora going first to third. Um, and then, again, you steal a base. Um, and you just put pressure on the guys. So when you have a guy that can leave the ballpark, that puts fear in the pitcher's mind, right? So now he can't just throw that get me over two zero fastball. Um, he can't fall behind. He starts falling behind hitters, getting good counts, and then it makes it friendly for our guys on the bases. So it, it's kind of um, you get a, a double double uh, reward out of it offensively and on the bases, just putting pressure on those guys.
1: As a follow up to that, if three zero one the team average right now with runners on base, and a two eighty seven when runners are in scoring position, what's the biggest thing you've attributed? to maybe a mental or physical change this year to get some of those numbers up?
2: Well, I think I think if you look at our lineup, we've got a bunch of veteran guys. So that's kind of the starting point is when you have veteran guys in the lineup, you've got some experience. We had some veteran guys in the lineup last year with some experience as well. But these guys have kind of, realize the fact that, hey, when we do have runners in scoring position, the pitchers are the ones that are at the disadvantage, not the hitters. Offensively, you're kind of chomping at the bit to get out there and you know put a good swing on it. Um, If you kind of look at our lineup, it's not a traditional lineup where you have the guy that's a 6'6 runner at the top, and then you got the bashers in the middle, and then you got some speed at the bottom. You kind of have a little bit of a mix and match. So um, a guy like Shane Easter is really good with hitting with runners in scoring position. Shane's not a big power guy. He's not going to leave the yard. He's not going to take these huge hacks. He has the power to- to hit the ball out of the ballpark but that's not his game plan so he knows who he is mm-hmm. and by knowing who he is i think he can take advantage of maybe the pitcher what the pitcher is trying to do and um he's a team guy so he's hitting the ball the other way he's, he's staying on the, the breaking ball and hitting it up the middle and i think that's the, that's the thing that you're seeing and then it becomes contagious when one or two guys are doing it you got more guys that are buying in and then it's starting to build off that
0: MAC play getting back underway this weekend. You'll welcome Akron O Strike Stadium for a four game set. You already have a MAC series under your belt. You went to Ball State a few weekends back and then had the bye week this week. For those that ha- have not been paying attention, back to a four game set in the conference this year, just like last year. The difference, though, is that third game becomes a nine inning game. Last year it was a nine inning, two sevens, and a nine. Now you're playing a nine, a seven, a nine, and a nine on Sunday. You're following along at home just a couple extra innings but a couple extra innings can change a lot and I know that we've talked plenty about some of the strategies that have to come into play when you get into those conference series is for for you as a head coach is there a specific strategy I know some teams may want to use their Friday night guy traditionally in that seven inning game try to plow through as much of that and get a win or is it really just a looking at the matchups looking at the team you're playing and feeling some of the momentum of who's hot and, and how you're going to approach those those weekends
2: yeah well if you look at the weekend like you're talking about in the mac if you're coming out to watch us play over the weekend you better pack a lunch because there's going to be some long days <laughs> um, i think it's a little bit of both i think it's a little bit of both of uh, what position you can put your guys in the best position to have success and then also to to manage that seven inning game like i said a seven inning game on saturday it's kind of if you're not careful it can get over before it starts and what I mean by that, if, if, if you give up a couple of runs in the first inning, and we've seen that in, in last year a little bit, it's almost over before you can kind of get into it, um, especially when you're the home team, when they bat first. Um, with the extra two innings, you may not think of it's a lot, but that's an extra six outs, right? So you want to put as much pressure on the other team as possible. I think we did a really good job of that against Butler, is making them earn every single out. What I mean by that, there's um, a Earlier at Butler, I think we got picked off one time, and then we got thrown out at the home plate. When we can eliminate those easy outs, those kind of mental blunders a little bit, it puts pressure on those guys. And again, the, the rosters have expanded across the MAC, but not every team has gone on to 40 because of Title IX some other issues. So we know going into it that Sunday could be a little bit of a slugfest. We thought last year Sunday was going to be the slugfest, but because the, the two seven-inning games, On Saturday last year, you could actually save some pieces in the bullpen if the starter gave you five. If the starter gave you six, you pass it over to one guy. He gives you the seventh, and you're ready to go. That we saw um, last year Sunday were actually a little bit of more low-scoring games because both teams seemed to be exhausted. They seemed kind of be a little bit tired. So we're able to kind of work on that um, as as a uh, program and talk about that inside that clubhouse. But I think this year you're going to see starters need to give you depth. And then you just have to have quality at-bats, quality at-bats over and over again. And um, once you get to Sunday, hey, it's anybody's ball game. So the thing that I like is if you take away the Tennessee Tech series, you take away those three games we played bad at, at Tennessee Tech, we've been in every game. We either had the lead or a chance with a tying run at the plate or on base in every single game. Um, so that's something that um, we're really excited about with our guys. And, again, I just told them, just stay with the process. You know, you weren't getting some results early, stay with it. It'll come. And um, it was good, again, to see some of that this weekend.
1: Three and two over your last five. But more impressive is the way the, the rotation and pitchers in general have turned the corner. Right now, over the last uh, five games, an ERA about three and a half. The team ERA is still six. But what is the biggest change you've seen lately? You flirted with a no-hitter against Ball State. You have a two-hitter against Butler. What's changed?
2: If you look at our our rotation, the biggest thing is we've got some inexperienced guys that are starting games. You kind of look at it last year. All four of our starters last year in the conference were veteran guys. Um, They either were seniors or drafted and um, didn't come back. So plugging in some of those guys, it's going to take some time for those guys to get used to it. A guy like Zach Fruit's a perfect example. Zach threw about 17 uh, 17 innings for us last year. He's got really good stuff. He should have thrown more for us last year. It was just kind of one of those things. Where we're trying to put him in the best position to succeed. Having him go as a starter, we knew it was going to take a couple outings before he could kind of get his legs underneath him, figure out his routine. You know, As a, as a closure, you can kind of come in there, let it loose for an inning or two, blow it out, and then away you go. Now you've got to kind of pull that back a little bit. You got to kind of ease into the game a little bit to go a little bit deeper. Um, so you're seeing those guys also with that inex- inexperience early on being a Northern team going down South, you still haven't built up their pitch count. You still haven't built up those, those, those pitches that they've had. So we've kind of eased them into it to obviously play our better games later than early. So you're seeing a guy go, you know, a couple of those guys go hundred, 110 pitches. We're not going to have them out there too long, but again, they're able to kind of get that feel of the game. So you sign that with Zach, Adam Falinski has pitched well all weekend are all year. Mm-hmm. So he's had, he's had multiple good starts for us this year or uh, this weekend was probably his worst outing of all of them. But, um, I think he was still coming off that high at Ball State, giving us some depth there and being able to kind of regain his, his composure and get back on the mound. And then a guy like Thomas House, like I said, with uh, going through Tommy John, every outing is going to be a little bit better, a little bit better. His Stuff's going to be a little bit sharper. He's not there yet, but he's getting closer to be back to the guy that he was when we saw him 2018, 2019 and early before COVID in 2020.
0: Spending a few moments here with head baseball coach Eric Roof on the Eastern Insider Podcast. His team plays at home tomorrow at 3 p.m. against Oakland. If you can't make it out, don't worry, because eight more home games after that over the next two weekends. They'll welcome Akron this weekend on Friday and then Western Michigan the following week. Coach, so let's flip over and talk a little bit about uh, the excitement of coming back home. We all know that O-Strike Stadium is a special place to play. It does play a little bit different, presents some challenges from from for the opponent in terms of the depth that it offers. But for you, what most excites you about being able to finally put on a light-colored uniform tomorrow and get back out in front of Ostrich Stadium?
2: Yeah, just a, a couple things, you know, obviously playing at home, getting used to your own ballpark, um, playing in front of your fans, You know, not having to get on the bus, not having to go to a hotel, little things like that. And then tomorrow we get to break break out the whole brand new uh, cream uniform. So we'll wear the cream uniforms as well. Um, Mm -hmm. Even a guy like Jad Oestreich who's on the the team this year. This will be, you know, he hasn't traveled the first couple weekends. For us, this will be his first college baseball game. And to play at Ostrike Stadium where his grandfather coached, it'll just be a really awesome experience for him. Um, But most importantly, just be able to play at home play at home, get used to our our routine. You know, we're creatures of habit. Humans are creatures of habit. Um, Athletes, baseball players are no different to that. So just being able to have that sense of confidence going into it, this is our home ballpark. We get to bat last. Something as simple as we get to bat last, Um, add some excitement. And with us batting last, that means we get to pitch first. So go out there and and pitch well and then get, get the bats rolling in the bottom of the first.
1: Quick scouting report on both Oakland as well as Akron. Of course, you didn't play the Golden Grizzlies a year ago. They've gone through a coaching change. And then you get an Akron club still trying to reestablish themselves under Chris Sabo that really have struggled at times, but what have you seen out of both squads? Well, both teams are playing really well. If you look at it right now, Oakland played Wright State this
2: past weekend at Wright State and took two out of three. And a Wright State team that's usually at the top of the Horizon League. So um, they're playing good baseball. Um, They're going to play hard. I know Jordan over there, they're going to get these guys to play hard. They're going to play tough. Um, They're going to play with the chip on their shoulders. So it'll be a tough test for us going into it, and then can kind of prepare us to Akron. If you look at Akron, Akron's playing well too. Um, Akron took two from Toledo, I believe, and two from, uh, or three, two or three from Northern. So they're off to a good start as well. Um, you know, they, they're a hungry program as well. You know, bringing that program back after they, uh, um, they got rid of the program. Coach Sable does a great job. You know, you obviously have Coach Me over there who's with us for a year as well. Um, they're another team that's going to compete, play hard. Uh, they've got a couple arms that'll give you guys some fits, and um, they're going to make you earn everything you got. So we got to play clean baseball. We got to take care of the ball. We got to stay disciplined in the zone, not try to do too much, and um, play our
0: style of play. Eric, we'll get you out of here on this. If there's somebody listening into this episode today and they look at the weather, it could be a little chilly, they're kind of on the fence. Do they follow from home? Do they come out to a strike stadium? You can give a better perspective than anybody. How much does having people at the stadium help your players? How much of an impact does it really make?
2: It's huge. It's huge, especially if you talk about maybe a colder game, right? We always talk about having energy right? Sometimes that energy has to come with us. We travel really well. I mean, if you look at the the games that we, from South Carolina to Tennessee to, to Kentucky, our fans travel well, but it's nice to, to play at home. Maybe you can get some students at the games. Maybe you get some family at the games, some friends at the games. Um, if you look at last year, when we played Northern Illinois, that was a great weekend. You had um, the reunion for the 1970 team. You had the golf outing. You had a lot of things, and it was just a nice little buzz in the air, it's a buzz in the air that our guys feed off of. They feel it, and um, it gets them excited to play. So it's a it's a fun group of guys to work with, but when you can have more fans in the stands and out there watching, um, it just brings more excitement to our ball club.
0: Well, there you go. I mean, I think you've convinced Greg and I to be there, not just because we're <laughs> going to be there anyways, but if you're listening at home, Eric Roof, best recruiting pitch you can have. Come out. I know it helps the team. So, Coach, Thank you, as always, for joining us. We'll get you back on in a few weeks because I know you've got a big golf outing coming up. You've got some exciting things that are happening as we move through the spring. But for now, good luck against Oakland tomorrow and then take down the Zips this weekend.
2: Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Al.
0: There he is, head coach Eric Roof. His team, again, back at it tomorrow, O-Strike Stadium, 3 p.m. We hope to see you out there. But if not, hope to see you at some games earlier in the future. Let's take a quick time out. We'll be right back on the Eastern Insider Podcast. This has been another edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast, powered by Learfield and presented by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Tune in every Monday for new episodes all year long. And don't forget to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts. SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts for all of our episodes on demand.